All right, question number three. Question number three. First question we asked. Yes. Why, why would a good God create hell? That's right. Last week we talked about uh, why do, do we really have free choice if God has a perfect plan for us and he's in charge and he's going to work his plan out anyway. This, week, this week's card is a, a little bit different because it's a lot more personal. And it's not anonymous. I don't know who it's from, so it could be you. If it's from you, don't feel, don't feel awkward. It's all good. But A.W. Tozer said that one of the most important things about us is what comes to our mind when we think of God, right? Profound statement, right? One of the most important things about us is what comes to our mind when we think of God. I think the equivalent of that question for our spiritual growth is wrapped up in the questions we would want to ask God. I think there's a direct correlation between the kind of questions that we ask God and the way that we're going to grow in our relationship with Him. So I love this question. It simply says, Dear God, when I opened it, I thought, oh, this isn't for me. I should put it back in the envelope. How can I draw closer to you? Love your son. Dear God, how can I draw closer to you? Love your son. In reality, if we want to keep growing in our spiritual life, this is a question that every one of us needs to be asking all of the time. How do I draw closer to you, God? How do I cultivate move towards greater understanding and greater intimacy with you. And so today we're going to answer that question. How can I draw closer to you? Because the question was asked to God, we're going to answer it from his word. So if you have your Bible, turn to James chapter 4. David just got excited when I said James, didn't you, David? Because it's a good, direct word to all of us. But before we get into this text, I, I want to just say one thing and set a little bit of context for this. We don't draw close to God by accident, right? If we want to draw close to God, we have to want to draw close to God. And we have to be very, very intentional in that. This past week, I was sitting with a man. I had lunch with a good friend of mine who's been married for 32 years. Six months ago, without any uh, immorality involved, she said, I'm not sure I want this relationship anymore. Can we have some time apart? He was devastated by this, but he loves his wife, and he respected her, and he went and got his own apartment. So I've been checking in with him and with her every uh, you know, few weeks just to see how things are going and see if we can uh, bring them closer to each other. And we met this last week, 
And when this event happened, the last thing he wanted was to be distanced from his wife. He wanted to be closer to his wife. But he said, you know what? It's been six months now, and I'm kind of starting to like my own company. And I realized that if we're going to stop and just let things happen, the default setting on our relationships is that we drift apart. It is the same in our relationship with God. If we want to experience closeness with him, we cannot just wait for something to happen. We have to be intentional about making it happen. We don't drift into closeness with God. You guys are all familiar with the poem Footprints, I'm sure, right? You've seen it on all kinds of cheesy sunset posters, right? I don't remember the whole thing, but some night, some guy is having a dream, walking along the beach. The sun is setting, and he sees his footprints in the sand. And when things are going well in life, he sees two sets of footprints because God was with him. But then he sees part of his life where there's only one set of footprints in the sand. And he realizes that at those times, he was going through some tough stuff. And so he said, hang on a second, God. When things were going well, there were two sets of footprints. When things were going bad, there was only one set of footprints. Where were you? And God says, my son, it was then that I carried you, right? We know that, and we've all been warmed somewhat by that warm sentiment. But there's another version of that story that says the man at the beach had a second dream. And he could look back and he could see the times when he and God were walking close together. And he could see the times when God was carrying him. And then he sees all these like random little slides and skids in the sand. He said, God, that, that sure looks so messy. What was going on then? And God says, my son, it was then that we danced. Because that's where God is taking us and wants to take us in our relationship with him to this closeness with him that is so full of joy, we can't help but dance, right? And so as we talk through this part of James's letter, I want to share with you four steps. And I'm not a dancer, so I can't speak with much authority on this. That will help us dance in a joy-filled, intimate, close way with God. Four steps that James tell us we need to take if we want to draw close to God. James chapter 4. You tracking with me so far? Right? Question, how do I draw close to God? Got to be intentional. Doesn't happen by accident. But the goal is that we will be so close with God that we experience a joy like we've never known before. This is what Paul, that's what James says. James chapter 4, verse 1. 
The chapter is called Drawing Close to God, which is why I chose it. (laughs) What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from your evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only that which will give you pleasure. Verse 4, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? First step that we need to make if we want to draw closer to God is a step backwards. We need to step backwards from the sinful world and the sinful lives that we are living in. It makes sense, right? That if we want to draw close to God, we have to draw and step away from the thing that's keeping us from God. The first step we got to take if we want to draw close to God is that we have to step away from our sin. He says, what is causing quarrels and fights among you? Well, anybody who's been in a quarrel or fight knows that the root cause of most quarrels and fights is selfishness. And it's a selfishness that is more often than not built out of some broken sin within us. The first thing James is saying, if you want to get close to God, you have to step away from God. You cannot be friends of God and friends of the world at the same time. Because you're always going to get pulled this way. He says, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? He's exactly right in how he's diagnosing sin here. He's saying sin isn't first the stuff that we do to other people and happens out there. It first starts in here. Jesus says in the Beatitudes, right? You don't need to have adultery to sin. You just need to lust. You don't need to murder someone to sin. You just have to have hate in your heart. James is saying, if you want to draw close to God, first of all, you've got to step away from sin. The sin that that starts in here. He goes on to diagnose our condition a little bit more, right? He says, you're jealous of what others have. That's sinful. That's, That's breaking one of the Ten Commandments right there. But you can't get it. And when we don't have what we want, we fight for it. And so we get it in the wrong way, and that makes us more sinful and pulls us closer and closer away, uh, further and further away from God, right? He says you can't, you can't be friends with the world and, and the sinful, broken nature and be close to God. At some point, you've got to step away from sin before you can even think about stepping closer to God. Does that make sense? The the first step in this dance is that we have to step away from sin. We have to say, hey, no more, I'm done. 
Read those first few verses. James is just sticking a knife in people's heart, and he's turning it more and more and more until sin hurts. He says, you're kidding yourself if you think you can live a life of sin and stay close to God. you got to step away from that sin. In fact, as he continues, you get this idea that as he's turning the knife, he's getting more and more passionate. He's saying you need to be as relentless about removing the sin in your life as God is relentless about loving and pursuing you. The first step we need to take is a step away from sin, right? you'll, You'll never be able to draw as close to God as God wants when there is sin in your life because we serve a holy God who loves us so much that he defeated sin and he's not gonna let us bring sin back into that relationship. And the good news is he's created a way through Jesus on the cross to forgive our sin so we can come to him too, right? But if we're playing in our sin, closeness with God is never gonna happen. First step, James says, is step away from your sin. Verse 5, another step. What do you think the Scripture means when it says that the Spirit of God has placed within us is filled with envy? God gives us more grace to stand against such evil desires. Because as the Scripture says, God opposes the proud but favors the humble. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The first step of drawing close to God is this idea that we have to do, and we have to do relentlessly, is to step away from sin. We have to make the conscious decision to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Big shout out to Lee. Lee was very tempted to stay home today and watch the World Cup, but he said no to sin, and he's here, right? It's Mexico, Germany. <laughs> no, you're a good man, Lee. You're a good man. But first of all, we step away from sin. The second thing he's saying, and I don't know how to demonstrate this, right? Stepping away is easy. <laughs> but next, I think he's saying we need to, to step under. Does that work? It feels uncomfortable, but I think you get the picture. <laughs> we need to step under the authority of the sacred scriptures, and the Holy Spirit. See, his next passage, he's talking about two things. He's talking about the scriptures and how vital they are because they contain the word of God, the truth of God to us. And here's the deal. If we're not living under this book, we don't know who God is. We don't know how to be close to God. And James says this is really, really hard to do. So God sends more grace through his Holy Spirit. If we're outside of the Holy Spirit, we're not coming close to God. If we're not spending time in this book, we cannot be close to God because we don't know God. Because this is the book that reveals God to us. 
First step is a step back from sin. The second step is a step under the authority of the... I look like a frog, I'm sure, with my knees bent. <laughs> under the authority of the sacred scripture and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we want God to shape our identity. Every morning, I spend some time reading this book. And I'm reading it all the way through, and that's a fun thing for me. But over the last few months, and I'm a little embarrassed to say this, I've created this other part of my spiritual disciplines in the morning, where I will recite some promises from Scripture that says kind of who I am in Christ to myself, right? And so about a month ago, I'm doing this, and I got them written down, a little, little file in my, my Bible that I study at home, and I read them. And I kind of put my name in there, and it's a little bit awkward to tell you, but you know, say, Andy, you, know, you are a child of God. Andy, you are so special to me, right? And I'm reading all these promises of Scripture for me. So I was doing this the other day, and the night before, we had a little bit of an issue about Bethany getting up in time. So we helped Bethany set an alarm. And so she chooses to set her alarm to the song, uh, Don't Stop Believing, right? <laughs> right? So I'm sitting there on the couch, going through these scriptures. Andy, you are special. Andy, you are handsome. Not handsome. That's not a Bible thing. <laughs> Andy, you are my child. You know, all that, all that stuff. <laughs> Andy, you, you, are, you have God's spirit within you. Andy, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I swear, I said Andy to the next line, and I hear this sound. You're just a small town girl living in a lonely world. <laughs> right? That's how it works. That's why... We have to read Scripture, right? Because Scripture tells us who we are, and if we're not hearing who we are from Scripture, we're hearing it from all kinds of other sources, right? <laughs> Let me just tell you, none of you are small-town girls living in lonely worlds, <laughs> right? We are children of God. We are people made in the image of God. We are deeply loved by God, and we have to read the Scriptures to remind us of that. If we want to draw close to God, we've got to step under the authority of the Scriptures and the Spirit. And we need a lot of grace to do it, James says. As he, he talks about God giving more grace, there's this picture uh, that grace is kind of like a people mover. You know, when you go to the airport, you stand and it just takes you somewhere. When we get under the authority of God's scripture, it's like God puts us on this people mover of grace that draws us closer to God. If we want to draw close to God, the first thing we've got to do is step away from what? The second thing we've got to do is to step under the authority of the scriptures. You know, this book is having a real hard time in the world recently. There was a friend of mine on Facebook, and he posted this meme, some political thing that where scripture had been used. And it says this. It says, dear people citing the Bible 
It's a cool book with some wonderful passages, but it also talks about ghosts and giants and super babies and demons. It's why we don't make laws based on Game of Thrones, My Little Pony, or The Legend of Zelda. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? And I realized pretty quickly that this person had never really read the Bible and had no understanding of our history or the history of our our legal system. But despite what people are saying, if we want to draw close to God, we've got to step under the authority of this book. If we don't, we're just small-town girls living in lonely worlds. We step away from sin. We step under the authority of Scripture. James says, verse 8, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. We step away from sin, we step under the authority of Scripture, and then we're ready to take a step forward towards God. James said, draw near to Him, and He will draw close to you. I never had much uh, luck or success uh, dating in high school. Because I could never really understand the um, kind of rules of flirting, right? Tracy would probably tell you I'm not very good at it even now. (laughs) And so if there was a girl that I liked, you know, I'd start to, to flirt. I mean, that's what I called it anyway, I'm sure they... And because I'm kind of a whole or nothing kind of person, I would just like do whatever it took to get this girl's attention. Now, I'm not sure what I wanted in response to my flirtation. But even if they just gave me a look or a nod, I thought I was on a track to getting married, right? (laughs) And so that was the dynamic. There was a play in my high school flirting relationships. I would take a big, bold, stupid step forward. If they responded just a little bit, (laughs) I would take a huge, big, bold, stupid step forward, right? In the same way, without the stupid, that's exactly what is happening here. James said, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. God is the initiator. And so thousands of years ago, after God had created us, and once he loves us and he knows who we are and he sees our sin, he makes this big, bold, crazy, flirtatious move towards us by giving us Jesus and making himself vulnerable and saying, I love you, I want relationship with you, I want to become close to you, I want you to become close to me. Then James comes in and says, draw close to God, and he will draw close to you. And and, and in in that little scenario there, I think God, who has made this huge leap already, is looking for a response 
from us. Just a little bit of eye contact. Just a little bit of hot tweaking. Just a little bit of interest. And when he sees that, that we may be just a little bit interested in him, he takes another big, bold step forward and says, come on, let's do this. Let's get into to relationship with each other. This verse talks about this divine flirtation. And I hesitate to use that word because I don't want to undermine the passion and seriousness that Jesus has for us, right? But he makes the big step. And he says, hey, if you want more, just give me something. So we look at him, we wink at him, and he says, I'm, 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 I'm there, let's, let's start this dance. We step away from sin, we step under authority of Scripture, but then we gotta, we got to step forward, we got to say, hey, God, I'm, I'm into you too. I, I want this. He says, you got to do it with pure motives. You got to want only him. We step away from sin. We step under authority. We step towards God. And then finally, another thing that I think is so, so vital if we want relationship with God. It says this, verse 9, let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. That doesn't sound like the kind of intimate uh, experience we want. He says this in verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. The fourth step wraps up in verse 10. That if we want to draw close to God, we got to step away from sin. we got to step under the authority of Scripture. we got to take a step towards Him and say, yes, I'm into you too. But closeness with God only comes when we humble ourselves. When we put our pride aside and we say, it's not about what's in it for me. It's about what I can do for you, what I can give for you, how much I can, can love you and receive of this incredible love that you have for me. We step away from sin. We step under scripture. We step towards God. But then we got to step down in humility. How do we do that? I think the secret is found starting at verse 9. And this is one of the reasons why humility is so hard for most of us. Because we spend so much time polishing and protecting our pride and pushing aside the brokenness that will lead us to humility. He says, let there be sorrows and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. I think what James is saying here is that if you want to experience the kind of humility that will draw you close to God, you've got to endure the tough times. When things get really hard, don't laugh your way out of it. Don't buy your way out of it. Don't pretend your way out of it. Don't fix it with some quick, cheap happiness. If you want to receive 
and become humble enough to draw close to God, you have to become okay with living in pain for a short while. One of the things that drives me crazy sometimes is in a group conversation and someone's going through a hard time and they share their story and someone tries to fix it too quickly. It's almost like they're offering them a a get-out-of-jail-free card. And there's nothing wrong with the intention there, but what they're doing is they're preventing that person from going through this difficult, difficult process which produces in them the very thing that will answer their need and draw them closer to God. You tracking with me? Humility is so, so important to coming close to God, but we never experience humility because we bail from pain. Picture of that. This Thursday night, I was going on a ride-along with the Castleberry police. It's about 11 o'clock at night and uh, not a lot going on. So the guy says, hey, you want to do some traffic stops? I'm like, yeah, that's fun. (laughs) And so we find this little hiding place just um, just off 1792 when the cars are coming off the thing. And uh, this car speeds by. He gets his little laser. It's uh, doing like 65 and a 45, right? And he says, if if they don't. Don't take this to heart because I think a lot of officers have different standards. But he said, I'm not going to bother with them if they're not doing more than 20. I said, okay. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) So this van comes and, um, you know, we we go down and we check his tag and we get real close to him, turn the lights on, he pulls off. And um, he gets out of the car and it's a dad bringing his kids home from Disney. I said, oh, man, that, that, that poor dad. <laughs> He's got his two daughters in the car. He's been at Disney all day. He just wants to get home. He says, yeah. He says, I'm, I'm not going to give him a ticket. I don't, I don't you know, he, he understands. The warning's going to be enough for him. I said, man, that's, that's really nice, nice of you. Can, can you be the one who pulls me over next? <laughs> <laughs> and so we sit in the car with the guy in front of us, I said, well, shouldn't you go tell him you're not going to give him a ticket? He says, no, let's just wait a minute. <laughs> and I'm like, well, come on, the guy's, the guy's stewing in there. You know he's stewing. You know he's worried about what you're going to do. You know he's tired. He's got his two girls, been in lines all day at Disney. And he said, no, 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 you, you don't understand. I'm not going to give him a ticket, but I do need him to feel the burn of what he's done a little bit. So we'll just wait here a little bit. And let him sit in that frustration and that anger for a few moments before I go tell him he's free. Exactly the same thing happens here. James is saying if you want to learn the lesson of humility, you've got to let there be tears for what you have done. There has to be sorrow and deep grief. There needs to be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of the joy. If we bail on that process, we don't learn the lesson that a fine could never teach us. 
If we want to draw close to God, we got to step away from sin. We got to step under the authority of Scripture. We got to step forward towards God, at least showing that we're interested in the huge leap He's made towards us. But then we've got to step down in humility. And the only way to do that is by not bailing and not quitting when life gets hard and doesn't go as we want. That makes sense? Dear God, the question was, what do I need to do to draw close to you? Love your son. Here's what James says we need to do. Step back from sin. If the sin in your life, quit it. It's not going to fix anything. It's going to make things worse. Stop doing that. If you want to draw close to God, don't listen to the voices in the world that are trying to tell you who you are. You're not a small town girl living in a lonely world. We're loved, we're created, we're shaped by God. If you want to draw close to God, we take a step forward because he's made a giant leap and we step down in humility because it's only when we are humble, when there is less of us, that there can be more of God. Does that make sense? How do we stay close to God? We make the right steps. Because he's made the biggest step for us.